You know, we're coming out of the Easter season. But does it ever really end? It shouldn't. We should be praising God for His resurrection every single day, every moment of every day. And when we do, He, he does a work in us. You say, I feel away from God? Start praising Him. The devil can't stand that. Yep. You know, before you was saved, because I know you ain't like that now, but before you was saved, you ever have somebody just couldn't stand? And if you're like that now, but that you are saved, then you've got to get a little bit closer to Jesus. But that's kind of the way the devil is when we start praising God. You start praising God, start, God starts looming larger. He gets closer, we get closer to him. And the devil just can't stand his presence. I remember when I was a little boy. You might ever remember watching Mr. Rogers on, on TV. Remember him? The guy going to change his shoes and his sweater. And he always did these neat little things. Well, he did this thing one time with a, with a pie pan. And it had water in it. And he covered it with pepper. So the pepper was covering it. And then he stuck some soap down in it. And when he put the soap down in the water, the pepper just moved away. You see that? Can you see that picture? You ever, anybody ever done that? I thought it was the neatest thing in the world. Didn't take much to <laughs> appease me. We might talk about appeasement in a minute, but anywho, that's the way it is with our God. Now, if you think that the devil wants to come in and keep us from receiving something, I can tell you right now, he's wanting to get in. And just like he's wanting to get in, God's wanting to get in. Which one do you want? This is a good chance now to start giving praise if you want the presence of God to come in. Because if you be quiet, he'll stay out there with the rocks because they'll be praising him and you know what, you know how that goes. So we got to give him praise. But I've been, uh, when we get saved, he starts doing a work in us, don't he? I remember, I shared yesterday with the family about my salvation experience. Know where I was, know when it was. I ain't forgot many of the details of it. I'm praying that the Lord is talking with Brother Emmett right now in, in heaven so he'll forgive me for stepping on his feet. I just, I can't forget that day. I know what I was, and yet he loved me. And I still to this day, cannot hardly get it in my mind how that's possible. Since that day, I've done plenty for him to just say, you know what, you're out of here, buddy. You, we tried you for a while, but we don't want you now. I, I, you know, you ever had any, anybody, a boss in here, you had that employee that you kind of like them, but then again, you kind of don't, and you, you just... I, they're not working out, and you want to give them a chance, and I, I, sometimes I feel like that with the Lord and say, but you know what? Anyway, he still is ministering to me. He's still pouring stuff in. Any of y'all know what I'm talking about? You read the Bible, and sometimes, or maybe you'll hear a message preached somewhere, maybe here, maybe on TV, wherever, or maybe a song gets sang, and, and the guy says something before he gets up, and, and you get ministered to. Well, he's going to do that for the rest of our lives. And every time he does, we need to give him praise. And by the way, when he gives us something that's enlightening, share it. 
Share it. Don't be ashamed to say, well, you know, you've been a Christian for 40 years. You should have known that. Well, I didn't. But he loved me enough to keep long-suffering patience to say, I'm going to pour this in. And so share it because he may be giving it to you to share with someone else who's going to need it, who needs it, and someone else is going to need it. You see, he did tell us, didn't he, in the Great Commission to go out and make disciples. Now, it wasn't just for those guys to go make disciples and then it stopped. It's like I showed with that last week, and, and, and some people <laughs> said last week when I got my family up here, they thought I was quitting. I said, I've never done anything like that before. I'm like, what? I said, is that wishful thinking or was, <laughs> you know? But anywho, I wanted to show how God had birthed in us, but we have children now, so they're birthed with the Lord and Someday Megan and Ryan will have babies, I hope. I hope they have a lot of them, if time lasts. And they will know who the Lord is. And now maybe we'll have one of these great big long tables at Christmas time that we all sit around and we can share what God has done for us through the year. Or maybe we can share the needs that we have. You know, it's not a problem with us being able to share our needs. Amen? It's not, it's not an issue for us. We should be able to share our needs with the Lord and with one another, no matter what they are. I need healing or I need deliverance. Amen? As Christians, we should be able to share. And when we hear that need, regardless of if I need, if I need deliverance from something or if I need healing from something, if I need to find understanding or wisdom, it's okay that we do that. Why? Maybe they have the answer for you. They know how to find the answer. Most of all, we can pray. Doesn't matter where we're at right now. What matters is, is how we walk out of here today. And when tomorrow rolls around, if we get up tomorrow, if time lasts, what matters is what we do with that day. Are we going to be sharing Jesus with people? One of the reasons that we have problems sometimes, I, I was reading in the Beatitudes, And we're going to go there, Ken, and I, I, I didn't give you guys a list of scriptures this morning, but it's Matthew 5 and 9, turn there, if you will. But it's something that, that uh, it gets in the way of the work that we do for the Lord, whether we're going to serve Him, no matter what we do. But it said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called, what? Sons of God. Those are peacemakers. Hmm. A peacemaker. I want you to look at yourself in the mirror right now. And Jesus is looking back, because right, we're Christians, so we should we should kind of have his reflection, right? I'm going to talk about how you look, because I'm talking about seeing inside of ourselves. And ask yourself, am I a peacemaker? You may say, well, that's not my calling. I'm telling you right now, if Jesus Christ is in you, that is your calling. You can't walk away from that. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. A peacemaker. Now let's go to James chapter 4 and verse 1. Where do wars and fights come from among you? You see that? 
Where do wars and fights come from among you? Now, I want us to think about that for a minute. There's a problem whenever we have war between us. We're living in a nation today that you can turn on any news station and what's one of the big stories that's on the news right now? Somebody shout it out. North Korea. You watch the news. Russia. North Korea. China. Now those are big ones, ain't they? They're on the other side of the world. They're enemies of ours. They don't like our way of life. Um, David is going back here in a few weeks to Korea. He lives in Seoul, which is about 30-some miles south of the demilitarized zone or going into North Korea. This is something that hits us, and why is that? Why is there There's no peace? But we don't have to just look over there to see it. You've not got to realize in God's perspective, this world is a small place. I mean, he can get angels here. I mean, they can get to where you need to be just like that at the, at the less than the twinkling of an eye. They could circle the world. I, I told you all that one time. I mean, it was hundreds of times in, in one second with what the Bible reads. So God's on it. And so the world on the other side ain't that far. If you took off in a canoe or a boat or a car, it's a pretty good ways. If you took off on foot, it's a long ways. But to God, it ain't. And so we know now with ballistic missiles, it's not that far. I mean, I can remember in the 70s as a kid, if, if the Russians launched missiles toward us, you had about 20 minutes. They had 20 minutes to decide whether or not they could stop them from coming with a defense system and also get our own off. That was the reason there was a Cold War. It was still war, but it was a Cold War. We were afraid of one another. We tried to annihilate them. Man, I wish we had a faster rocket so we could get them because by the time we do, their detection systems will tell, and they'll be able to annihilate us so we can't do it. There's no peace in the world, but we don't have to look that far. Turn on the news again. Listen to the people who represent us and listen to them talk. There is no peace. They call each other names that I'm not going to say. On TV, they talk about how stupid they are. Either side, it doesn't matter. It's the nature of people of this world, but it should not be the nature of the church. The body of believers don't have that. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So where do fight, wars and fights come from among you? Now he gives us a little answer here. I'm going to read on down to verse 4 on this, Ken, and okay, then I'll come back on it, I think. Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have, you murder and covet and cannot obtain, you fight and war Yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. We can pray wrong, folks. We can pray for the wrong thing and not receive. Why? Because we wouldn't in coats with the Spirit of God. He will help us to pray. You know, you can say, well, I've been praying for God for a pink Cadillac. Well, it may not be God's will for you to have a pink Cadillac, so you can't fall out with God over it. I don't know who would want a pink Cadillac. 
If you like a pink Cadillac, don't follow that with me, please. You can <laughs> Facebook sweetie, let her know. She knows not to tell me, so you can let her know all about it, and she can pray about it. <laughs> but you do not receive because you ask amiss. That you may spend it on your pleasures, adulterers and adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. There ain't no fence, folks. We can't ride on the fence. But he tells us here, he says that there are, do they not come from war that's going on within our own members? Within ourselves, don't we war sometimes with should I do this, should I not do that? Should I go to church today or should I go somewhere else today? Should I pray right now or should I do something else right now? Should I have a cheeseburger or should I have a hot dog? We are constantly conflicting within ourselves about a lot of things. And one of the things that we look at is when we war with one another, we have some kind of misunderstanding that a truce means peace. And it's not peace. only thing a truce is, is we're going to stop fighting long enough to get another strategy and to reload our weapons. Right? That's all it is, a truce. That means there's no peace. That means whenever the either side lays down at night, they're still thinking about, how am I going to get even? How am I going to take that one out? We can, talk, we can apply that to armies. We can apply that to self. Amen? And so we come up and we have this idea of a truce. Well, that's what the Cold War was, but you know what? You go to Moscow and start spying on them and see what they do to you back in the 70s and 80s and probably today. So a truce is not peace. Now, why are we at war with each other? Do you not know, in verse 1 it says, Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? Now think about this for a minute. Why do we war with each other? Because he just said right there, we're at war within ourselves. Take this as a mindset of being just you. You look, look and say, this is me. Why am I warring with others? Because I'm warring within myself. Am I getting this across? Y'all looking at me like I got four heads. Can I get something on me? Okay, everybody got that? Stomp your head, shake your foot, do something. Okay. So we war with each other because we're at war within ourselves. See what I'm talking about? Now, That's why people ain't at peace with other people. You got a neighbor you don't like? You got, might have somebody sitting in this church you don't like. Could be. You might not like me. It is what it is, right? Amen. <laughs> it is what it is. But as believers... We don't have that right. Amen? Jesus in me ain't never going to fight the Jesus in you. So when we're not at peace with others, the problem is 
We're not at peace with ourselves. Now, why is it? Let me just prove something to you here. You guys finish these words and these sentences I'm about to say. I'm ready to throw in the... I'm at the end of my... I'm just a bundle of... Well, some Christians said... I mean, I'm... Some people said joy, but nerves. That's the one. Most of you got that one. My life is falling. I'm at wits. See, we all know. We all know exactly what we're talking about. We've all used that verbiage some way, some form. We've all used it. And there's war on the outside because there's war on the inside. So when we're butting heads... It ain't always that he's the bad guy. I need to look at me and figure out if something's going on inside of me. And I'm going to promise you right now, if you belong to Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit is in you, he is definitely trying to get our attention. Amen? He is trying to get our attention. And so while we're at war on the outside and war on the inside, that's a good question in it. The bottom line is, is because we're at war with God. A preacher, you can't preach that. I've been saved for 45 years. I don't care if you have been or not. If you're at war with somebody, you're not at peace with yourself, and the problem is you're at war with God. He's laid a piece of truth over there on your front doorstep, and he's standing there knocking, saying, let me come in and serve this on the table for you to eat so you can grow and I can get on about business through you, and yet we don't let that happen. So the peace part is that we don't have peace with God. Isn't that wonderful? Everybody should be walking out of this church this morning. We should just be hugging on one another before we leave because we got to have peace. They did. You don't know. No, it doesn't matter. We're talking about the Lord here. The Lord is in you, right? And if he's in you, that's where we're at. And this is what the scripture is showing us. The problem is not with the dude over there. The problem is with the dude in here. And the problem with the dude in here is he ain't right with God. Does that make sense? He ain't right with God. It's just that simple. Now, I'm going to tell you, until you're right with God, you're going to be a troublemaker and not a peacemaker. Anybody know any troublemakers? Don't look at them. Just look at yourself. You've got to look at yourself. Don't look at nobody else. This is looking at me today. If you point a finger at Sweetie, then there's three more pointing back. So, Sweetie, you're not the problem. We're not having problems. I don't want y'all to think nothing, but I'm... I can pick on Sweetie and, and get by with it, I think. But troublemakers are not peacemakers, folks. They never have been and they never will be. They're always looking for a way to get over, get under, get around, get something. They're always looking for a way. You ever notice them? You, you try to talk to them, speak to them, do anything you want, and they're always looking like, got that look on their Troublemakers, always making trouble. But sometimes, on the opposite side of that, sometimes we try to appease. Anybody ever done that appeasement thing? Well, can I tell you something? That ain't peace either. Peace and appeasement ain't the same thing. The Bible says that as much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. But can I tell you, some people won't allow you to live peaceably with them. But as much that it lies in you, 
Me and Eddie has a falling out over something, and I come and say, Brother Eddie, can we please make this up? Now, we know what the Bible says, right? When there's a problem, don't even come and pray. Can I tell you what? You're praying to nothing whenever you got enmity with somebody, you got anger against somebody, you've hurt somebody, they've hurt you, and at the very bottom of it is something called unforgiveness. And according to what the Bible says, the Lord said, don't you even bring your prayer offering to me. Don't come and talk to me until you go and make this right. Am I talking right the Bible here today? Now, folks, I know this is tight, ain't it? But you don't know what they did. No, I don't, but Jesus does, and guess what? He might save them. So let him work through you. So I come to Brother Eddie and say, come on, man. We used to have something great. What's going on? Now, he has that ability to allow peace to come. I've come to him. I didn't do, I didn't come to him. Now, see, I can come to him as a way of appeasement. This looks right, it'll look better, but I don't have it in my heart. See, but God knows, and he's telling you, you're going to lay awake at night, and you're not going to have peace, even though you went through the steps. Am I making sense on this this morning? But if I am sincere in this, and I show up, and he has now, he's the guy that gets to be the judge. You see how falling out is a problem? Oh, it's a huge problem, church. Huge problem. Because now, one of us is going to be trying to play judge. Who's the judge and the righteous judge? Christ. Who has all authority been given to in heaven and in earth? Christ. You and I don't have that. So now he gets to play judge as to whether or not we are going to make amends. What do you say, bud? And it's that simple. Really, it is. It's hard only because the only reason it's hard is because there's a whole lot of flesh hanging on and ain't letting the Spirit do His work. That's the only reason it's hard. It's hard to follow the Lord. It is when you're trying to live for the world. Am I right on that? It's hard. It's hard. You don't know what they did. Doesn't matter. Hell, one little white lie, steal a piece of bubble gum, or go rob Fort Knox. Hell's going to be your home if you don't get forgiven of it by the Lord Jesus Christ because you did something wrong. You stole. You went against God's word. You went against what God's will was. Doesn't matter. Amen? And whenever salvation comes, he ain't looking at that. You realize that from the very beginning, all the way from back into Genesis, God has had the plan. He's been laying it out and trying to get people reconciled to him. He's been doing that since way back yonder. Way back there. And he's been trying to get us to get to that place. And whenever we come to the place that we ask Jesus to come into our hearts, he says, I'll come in, but i got to be Lord. And the only way that he can be Lord is if self dies. It's that simple. And if self doesn't die, then you're not at peace. You know enough of the truth, I know enough of the truth that I want to be right, but when God shows me something, I start losing my peace because he said, you got to do this. I need to be Lord. And guess what? He don't sit in, in the passenger seat. He has to be the driver. You understand? Whenever he comes in, now we have the place that there's no peace. 
Let me dig on in a little bit deeper here this morning. So appeasement and peace, they ain't the same thing. There's been a whole lot of appeasing going on in this world. There's been a whole lot of appeasing going on inside of churches for way too long. And the only thing it does is it just takes and it puts a little makeup on a big old, big old, uh, what's some things you get on? Pimple. It's still there. It's still growing. It's still getting worse. You just can't see it. That's what appeasement does. Appeasement and peace is not the same thing. Amen, Brother Ken. You're doing a good job this morning. But some people won't let you do this. And let me tell you something. Jesus didn't get along with everybody, did he? Well, I mean, if he did, how come he got crucified? Well, he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Prince of Peace, the Bible says. Amen? And he didn't get along with everybody. He tried to. He wanted to, but they would have none of it. Whenever truth landed at the door, people didn't want truth coming in. Then they lay awake at night. They get ulcers. They bark at everybody, bite everybody's head off. Why? Because they don't have peace. The reason they don't have peace, Jesus didn't get to quite be Lord yet. Hey, Ken's got this too. Been more times than once I've told Sweetie she's wrong and she needed to straighten up and fly right, and I was wrong. It's true, ain't it? Go ahead, Sweetie. Good thought. Amen out there right now. It's happened in your house too. Don't think it ain't. Or it needs to. Amen? Amen. needs to happen there too. But peace is a right relationship with God. Peace is a right relationship with self. And peace is a right relationship with others. And the only way it happens is if you've got peace with God. You've got problems with other people. You've got problems with yourself. The problem is that you've got a problem with, with God and he needs to be able to come in and he needs to be able to be Lord of our life. Amen. He needs to be the Lord of our life. Matthew 5 and 8. Now I want you to check this out. You think I'm not right on that? It's a right relationship. That would be righteousness, wouldn't it? A right relationship would be righteousness with God. And so here we go. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Amen. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, this is the next verse. This is kind of the progression of how we grow. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. The first thing that comes is a pure heart. That would be rightness with God, a right relationship with God. I'm not talking about whether you're hanging at the bars or not. I'm talking about stuff that's going on in here that we don't get to see every, every day. You understand? Don't go to the bars, don't do this, or sneak around, go across the country, do it or whatever, but the other stuff. The other stuff that goes on inside of our hearts keeps us from a right relationship with God. Backbiting, gossiping, doing all these kinds of things. That's not right. That's not a right relationship with God because he ain't in it. And then we get angry. We start building up walls. We start pulling in friends that will hang in the camp with us. I don't want to go to your camp. Amen? Let me, everybody say this. Say, I don't want to go to your camp. The next time somebody wants to put a little gossip bug up in your ear, that's what you need to tell them. I'm not coming and hanging in your camp. 
I'll go with you to them because obviously there's an issue. So now we got to go and we got to make it right. Am I talking Bible, Brother Murphy? If he says amen, I know y'all get it. Amen. And so we don't want to go live over in that camp. And the first thing that's going to happen is a pure heart. And if the pure heart doesn't come, there's no way that peace can come. That's the progression of our Christian growth. That's the, you know, you ask Jesus into your heart when he comes in and you die in a car accident that day, can't find a single verse in the Bible because you don't know it, you're still going to heaven. But when you've been here, in and out, you've got a Bible, we're reading it, we're learning, then we start picking and choosing what we want to have. Don't we? Don't we always ask somebody, well, well, let's go ask Mr. Hatcher what he thinks. He's a good Bible teacher. I love Brother Willie to death, and he is like an encyclopedia. He is, ain't he? He's good. He's good to go to, man. You're like getting on the Internet. You're just quick with it. But brothers and sisters, can I tell you something? doesn't matter hill of beans what Brother Willie has to say. What matters is what the Word of God has to say. Amen? Good place to praise him. That's it. Doesn't matter what he thinks. What matters is, is what the Word has to say. Period. What he's telling us today is that we need to be peacemakers, and the only way we can be peacemakers is if we're right with God, then we can be right with self, and then we'll be right with others, and peace is going to come. It's that simple. That's the formula. You don't have to have more bombs than they got. You don't have to get to it before they get to it. No, this is the formula. This is God's way. That's what the Bible says. Brother Willie, you agree with that? So you can ask him the question about that and might take his opinion because he's right. Amen. There's no peace without purity. And James 3.17 said, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable. Our wisdom that comes from the above is first pure, then peaceable. Then it says gentle, willing to yield. That's a problem right there. That's why a lot of times we don't have peace. Ain't willing to yield. First thing is we ain't willing to yield to God. If you ain't willing to yield with God, then we ain't willing to deal with self. We're going to talk here in a minute about the fruits of the Spirit. One of them is self-control. So you're not having control over self. And it flows over into the next guy, the people around you. Amen? Is this sinking in good? I mean, am I doing okay with it that we're getting it? Okay. Psalm 85 and 10 says, Mercy and truth have met together. Where have they met? Righteousness and peace have kissed. You see how they go hand in hand? Got a right relationship with God. Peace will be there. They have kissed. They're intimate together. Isaiah 48 and 22 says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for who? The wicked. Who's wicked? People who are not right with God. This is simple, isn't it? But yet it's hard, ain't it? That's a trick question, because if you shake your head, you've got to be a little more submission to the Lord. You've got to take King Self off of the throne and let Jesus Christ on the throne. King Self's got to go away. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know what? we got free will. Up until the time that we receive Jesus Christ, free will's gone. Maybe I said it last week. I don't know. Did I say that last week? Well, we needed to hear it again. He just gave it to me again, so somebody didn't get it. That's exactly right. It's that simple. we got to let him come in and be the king and, and Lord over our lives. 
Matthew 10 and 34 says, Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Now, who said that? Jesus said that. It's in red in my Bible. But he's called the Prince of Peace. Then the angels, when he was born, talk about peace on earth and goodwill to men. But yet he said, I did not come. To bring this. I came to bring a sword. Now here's the thing about his sword. Here's what he's talking about. I did not bring some sort of false peace of good and evil. You see, we got so many in this world that try to split the hairs on that thing and try to match good and evil together. We like riding over here and we like riding over here. That's not where the Lord walks. Oh no. See, when we're spirit-filled, the Holy Ghost sometimes will talk to our hearts and say, oh, no, I don't go there. It's not what I do. And you used to do it when you was a sinner. And now we're teaching you. He says, we're teaching. He's talking about God the Father, Himself, and Jesus. Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Jesus, right? And He says, I don't go there. So we can't be riding. And you know what? That creates a place where there's no peace. And the folks, it'll spill out to the people around you. And if we ain't careful in what the devil's trying to do, it'll come right inside your house. And there ain't going to be no peace in your house. There ain't going to be no peace in your bedroom, married people. You know what I'm talking about. There's not going to be no peace. You're going to be at odds with one another. Why? Because the relationship with God, first of all, ain't right. Amen? That's why Jesus went to the cross, folks, so we could be taught this and learn this. Well, okay, we'll have a couple more points here. He said, I came with a sword to put a line between truth and error, light and dark, sin and righteousness. Now, all the thing that Jesus is saying is that God's standard of righteousness is set. When we bring the God's standard of righteousness into a world who is not righteous, there will be division. Now, folks, that can happen in every church. Churches divide, don't they? You know why they divided? Because God's standard of righteousness came flowing in, and there will be division with those who are not on board with God. That's a tight word, isn't it? Let us sit down and reason together. Danny, don't you call, don't you call Randy and, and three others. No, the problem's here. You need to come talk with me. Right? Or whoever. You don't need to be calling your, your grandma and grandpa because Allie ain't acting right. No, you need to have a conversation with your wife. That's how it works. That's the Bible, isn't it? Am I right on that? That's the Bible. And so when the standard of God's righteousness comes in, and as we learn, we find out, okay, I'm being sanctified. I'm learning more about God. I'm letting Him come in and do more work inside of me. And therefore, if I don't yield to Him, if I don't yield to His Word, it will cause division. Any church that's ever broke apart, I can tell you now, Jesus Christ had absolutely nothing to do with it. A whole lot of self-will and a whole lot of me on the throne. Amen. It's true. 
Let us sit down and reason together. Without righteousness, there can be no peace. His word, folks, is like a scalpel. Anybody ever had surgery before? When you got done with the surgery, did you feel like going out and putting up hay and playing basketball and going fishing and doing all these things? Why? Because you were hurting. When the scalpel goes to you, there's going to be some hurting before there's going to be some healing. Right? That's how it works. And that's what his word is. It is a sharp scalpel. And it's going to hurt. Peace can never come where sin remains. If there's sin there, there will not be peace. And God will never, ever, ever make peace with sin. It ain't going to happen. You say, well, then how do I get rid of sin? How do I get to this place of peace? It's called surrender. Surrender. It's that simple. You let Jesus come in. I want to I share this with you real quick and touch on this, and then we'll be done. Galatians 5.22 gives us what? The fruit of the Spirit. What's the first three? Everybody's whispering. I can't hear you. First three. Love, joy, peace. Peace fits right in there, don't it? Guess what now? I can't grow potatoes on my tomato vines. If we could, me and Carson would figure out how to do it. So this tomato vine grows, and what does it grow? It grows a fruit called what? A tomato. That tomato has many different parts, doesn't it? You can't have just a piece of the fruit. Huh? Well, I got love and I got joy, but I got no peace. No, you don't. This is what the characteristics of the fruit is. If I get a tomato... It's going to have a skin on it. It's going to have meat on it. It's going to have compartments in it where water goes. There's going to be seeds in there. Some of it's going to be gel, like a gel. But the whole thing is called a tomato. You might not agree with me on this, but let it sink in. Let the Holy Spirit do His work this morning. I've got the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, if you do have all of this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, fullness, gentleness, and self-control. And against such there are no law. Nobody can give you a formula on how that happens. That comes when the Spirit comes inside of us, when the Lord Jesus comes inside of us and sits on the throne of our heart. That is what the result is. Do the Beatitudes and you'll find out that these things are there. People will look and say, well, I've got the spirit of prophecy. I've got this, uh, the gift of prophecy. I've got the gift of tongues. I've got this and that. And they have got no love, joy, or peace. I'm telling you right now, it didn't come from the Holy Ghost. It cannot happen. He is not going to divide himself. Don't tell me you got a gift, but you got no fruit. Look in the mirrors for ourselves. Look in the mirrors for ourselves. Now, he might use us. He can use a mule to do something, so he can do whatever he wants. But they don't tell me that we have this, but yet we don't have this. And we just learned right now that the only way we're going to have peace is have a right relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit is not going to live where there's not a place of right relationship. But we have to do what? Surrender. You want to sing? And this morning, I know this is tight, but you got to think, Jesus went to the cross for this, folks, so we could be delivered, but you know what? Now we get to grow. We're on a journey, right? Ain't we on a journey? Hey, man, me and sweetie got married 20 years ago, one, 20, 
20-some years ago. I remember the day, I just don't remember what year it was. I was just so filled with bliss, I just lost all sense of time. <laughs> but you want to know something? We've done some growing, ain't we? You've been married for a long time. 64, 64 years or 1964? 64 years. Let's praise God. Amen. 64 years. We're almost there. We're a third of the way, sweetie. There's been some learning going on, ain't it? And you guys are still growing. Because if you ain't, you couldn't get along. Charlie and Amadis, y'all got a year under your belt. How's things going over to the house? We're in church. You can throw your business out there. This is for the glory of God. No. But you've been, long, you've been growing together, ain't you? Because you guys are getting along still. You're still together. It's true. It's the same thing with our walk with the Lord. You say, Jesus, come into my heart. This is all right. Let me come in. But it's the whole package. Amen. You think about it today, if you've got something that's robbing peace from you, you've got something that's keeping you awake at night, especially if it's other people, let the Lord come in today and do a work in your life. I don't know what the answer is, but he gave me this message to give. I want to invite you to come up and pray. I want to invite you to let us pray with you. I want to invite you to let us become a part of what you're dealing with. I'm going to tell you now, sweetie and I, we won't repeat what you got to say. We won't. Only to God. And I can tell you this. There's many others in this church. I can't speak for them. Only they can speak for themselves. They'll be the same way. And they'll pray with you. They'll answer the telephone at 3 o'clock in the morning whenever you're dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with. But you've got to make the call. The Lord has yet, maybe I'm not doing something right, but he has yet, other than to wake me up and say, pray for somebody, he ain't yet told me. Wayne Murphy stumped his toe, go over there so he can bandage it up. He ain't told me. He might put him on my heart and I pray for him. I might find out tomorrow over by the garden, hey, I'm out a rough night last night. We know then now that God's right. I mean, did you ever have that? Did you ever have that kind of, that kind of leading? But we've got to make the call. We've got to come to the Lord. And see, when we come together as a body of believers, that's how we grow. And when we're able to grow like that, the people of this community all around us and in our families will see what's going on. They'll see a change in Bob. They'll see a change in their brother. They'll see a change knowing that what God has done. You see, we're the hospital. We're all the doctors and nurses sitting here. And the Holy Ghost, he's the administrator. He calls the shots. He puts the sign up and says, bring them in. He's the one that leads them in. Knock on all the doors you want. Sometimes you can have a ministry on somebody's front porch and they'll never show up at church. You do what God gives you to do. He'll open the door. But I'm telling you now that whenever we as a whole, as a whole people will become ministers of the gospel, Meaning that, yeah, I, I'm not going to talk about nobody. You know, they don't talk, they don't talk with us because they don't trust us. 
right? But we got to be able to gain that trust. Sweetie and I got trust, but, you know, it's something that has grown over time. Amen? Everybody's married. You know what I'm talking about. you got to grow it. And it's the same deal. When we as the church become the doctors and the nurses, the feet of Jesus, I'm going to tell you, he's going to run us over with people that are hurting. And we got to be ready to say, you know what, that bloody cut comes in like a nurse or a doctor does. I'm sure they'd rather see a sore throat walk through the door. But when a guy's got a limb hanging off, they're okay with that too. They're ready to handle the job and to do it. Not to say, oh, we don't take those wounds. You've got to go down the road. See, that's not what we do. That's not what Jesus did. Look at our own lives. Look at your own life. He didn't tell you to go down the road. He said, no, come. So I want you to come and pray this morning. If this message has spoken to you, maybe you are, don't have a little bit of peace. Maybe it's something else that he's given to you. Come and let him, and it's just a short walk. Or if you raise your hand, I'll come and pray with you. And I'm not anything special, but I do know this. I'll talk to God with you and for you. He understands me. He loves me. Remember, he saved me. Amen? So come. Come and pray. Come and pray so that you can sleep good tonight, that you can have peace. Because there's something there. I know it is. That's why he gave it to me. And Brother Eddie, maybe he didn't give you something. Maybe nothing's on your heart right now, but maybe there's somebody you're going to be praying with here in about five minutes or two. So you've got to follow the leading of the Spirit and be the one that's going to do the ministry. Okay? All right. So come.